If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. The straight sword I have right here was the first sword I ever swallowed. This is the one I actually trained on. That took me about a month and a half to get down, which is actually really quick. For most sword swallowers, it takes several months to several years to get this first sword down. Cyrus Pitt describes himself as a Coney Island trained sideshow freak. What he actually is, though, is a highly skilled circus sideshow performer. Cy excels at all sorts of traditional sideshow acts, which include sword swallowing, fire eating, and glass walking. Kids, don't try this at home. And involved in his performance art, especially sword swallowing, is a considerable amount of science. At Los Angeles Original Summertime Halloween Convention, Scare LA, Cy, who goes by the stage name of Sideshow Cy, offered a closer look at what's involved in his performances. How did you first fall in love with sideshow work and carnival work? That's a very interesting question because I started off as a juggler and people really enjoyed it when I was doing the more dangerous things like juggling knives and fire and baseball bats. I even juggled a chainsaw once. And I've been surrounded by swords my entire life as a fencer and a fight choreographer. I decided like sword swallowing was a thing for me and that led to other sideshow acts. You juggle with a chainsaw once, you said. What's that experience like? Terrifying. I'm not doing it again. I just did it once for a Halloween in like a haunt. They had a sideshow out front and I juggled a chainsaw to get the thrill up. But after that, not again after a couple of too close calls. Yikes. I assume that you still have 10 fingers. Yeah, I still got them right here. That's why I stopped. I would not have them now. <laughs> I'm assuming that when you start juggling, and then you start to eat fire and swallow swords. It might be kind of like ongoing. I'm assuming it's swallow swords, eat fire. Do I have it right? Uh, yeah, basically that. Because I, yeah, I taught myself how to swallow a sword. And then I went to Coney Island Sideshow School, which they do like a week-long program twice a year. And they teach all the basics. as like basic fire eating, fire breathing, blockhead, animal traps, blade box, glass walking, like et cetera. Like all the basics of it. And that's what I did after I found that this interest in sword swallowing and found out I could do it. It's like, and this is something I could really perform and make a career out of, I feel. We have to add, kids don't try this at home because I didn't know there was a Coney Island Sideshow School. Yeah, yeah, definitely no. Yeah, don't try it at home, but if you really do feel like desire to do it, please seek a teacher. That's the safest way to go about it. If you don't do it safely, you don't do it at all, so to speak. You've brought two of your swords. You've got a straight one and a curved one. Yeah. Tell me about the first things you learned about swallowing each of them, please. Well, interesting enough, this straight sword I have right here was the first sword I ever swallowed. This is the one I actually trained on. A lot of people well, they come up to me and it's like, so how'd you train sword swallowing? And you just like stuck a coat hanger down your throat? I didn't even know the coat hanger was a thing. And it's like, I just thought I'm gonna take the sword and ah, until it went down. And this is the very sword that I train with. And then that took me about a month and a half to get down, which is actually really quick. For most sword swallowers, it takes several months to several years to get this first sword down. And then the curved sword, I have a, a sword here as a curve of roughly 80 degrees. And it actually took me four months to get this sword down because it was working it every little inch of the way. Because I literally have to curve my body to fit the curve of the sword to get it all the way down to the hill. So yeah, it was like a whole bunch of working at it. 
terrifying work because uh, it's kind of like a 50-50 chance of whether it's going to work or not. And yeah, just like committing to it, staying calm and, and relaxing the body is the main thing. Relaxing the body. I'm thinking, how in the world don't you gag the first couple of times you have that thing go down your throat? Oh, totally. It's like that's, I've taught a couple of people sword swallowing and the process I give them is like first, first you try a toothbrush, then coat hanger and then sword. The toothbrush is to tease the gag reflex. And it's not about killing the gag reflex. It's about controlling it. And to control it means repetition. And so it was just time after time of sticking this thing in the back of my throat, the sword in the back of my throat, and trying not to cough, holding it in there as long as I could until I could get it passed. Wow. What is the science to knowing how not to hurt yourself? You're relaxing your body. You're curving your body when you get to that curved sword. What else do you have to keep in mind? So, yes, the science of it. This is pure anatomy and just a knowledge of the anatomy. And then it's literally mind over matter. People ask me like how do you discover you can do this you you can't automatically do it you got to learn how to do it and it is mind over matter in the fact that I am using my mind to control every muscle between my mouth and my stomach to relax and allow this blade to pass through without pushing and pushing leads to the end of the show yeah it is all about the relaxation keeping a perfect posture interesting little fact about sword swallowing a lady I'm seeing, she's actually an x-ray technician, so she has verified this for me, is that the esophagus is not straight. It actually weaves around the heart and lungs to get to the stomach. And so every time I put, say, this straight sword down, it literally has to nudge my heart and lungs aside to get to my stomach. It comes within an eighth of an inch of the heart. And a neat little experiment that I've done with spectators, which you can have a go at some time if you want, is I swallow the sword and then and take a bow and you gently rest your hand on the pommel of the sword and you can actually feel my heartbeat because my heart is literally resting against the sword. This shows how close to death this really comes. Sword swallowing is arguably the most dangerous stunt performed by man. And I know it's like some people would argue some like skydiving or, or handling poisonous snakes is more dangerous than this but i tell you one thing i've met plenty of people who are willing to go skydiving or handle a poisonous snake that refuse to put a sword down their throat i would probably be among those i wouldn't mind handling a snake no thank you on the sword <laughs> right what about where your mind goes you're standing in front of an audience earlier today here at scare la i heard people hoop and holler where are you going mentally that you're not going to suddenly go <gasps> so that's again that mind over matter is relaxing i um when training in sword swallowing, it's an exercise. But when mastering sword swallowing, it's a meditation. I, it used to be, whenever I brought a sword, like a couple years ago when I was still pretty green at this, or new at this, that's what green means in the sideshow community, I had to take a second and really take a couple of deep breaths and focus my mind on it before I can lean my head back and put it down. Nowadays, I do that same meditation, but it takes like a millisecond. I'm able to put the sword to my lips and immediately tilt my head back and, and put it right down. So in all, how many years have you been sword swallowing? Uh, I've been doing it for the last four years, almost five. And fire eating after that? Yeah, firing after that. Yeah, I do a little bit of fire eating here and there. That's not my forte. Hey, like a blade work that's like sword swallowing, knife juggling, knife throwing sort of thing are more of my chosen performance. But I've been doing fire eating and fire breathing about as long. What about the light bulb trick that you did today? What happens? You picked up a piece of glass off the floor at one point and said, oh, five second roll, plump. <laughs> What do you do so you can eat a light bulb? Well, it's, it's funny you say it's a light bulb trick. It's not a trick. It is indeed a real light bulb. I uh, 
It is... There's no skill to it whatsoever. I'm going to be honest there. That is purely like bravery and maybe a little bit of stupidity. Just to bite into it like an apple and crunch down until it's the tiniest little pieces that I can then wash down with water. Once again, kids, don't try this at home. Still dangerous enough that it could perforate or, or scrape whatever's inside of me. I don't do it very often for that very reason. And, but uh, it really is just having the guts to do it. I say this before a lot of my shows, sideshow skills require three things, guts, skill, and a whole lot of stupidity. <laughs> Which makes me ask, with your performance skill and everything, how'd you come to choose sideshow as opposed to some other kind of performing, as opposed to perhaps being a musician, a rock star, something of that nature? Well, I was a drummer at one point. It's like, I used to drum in a rock band and a jazz band and my concert bands, did a lot of drumming. I do enjoy doing that, and I enjoy talking to my audience and getting really one-on-one -on -one with them as I'm talking them through, and that's a big thing about my performance, I talk to my audience, I make them laugh to make them comfortable to watch such a horrifying performance as it could be. This just interested me more, like, inspiring people to think what is the human body capable of, and doing this so smoothly and effortlessly. Because it, yeah, it make them wonder even more. And that's the same thing goes with magic. Like I had an interest in magic at one point, whereas magic is a trick. The illusions, and you have to load and reload all the tricks and keep a secret in order to pass off as something that's fake that's essentially real. I like being able to do something real right before their very eyes. And it leads to the old sideshow question of a, it's, not a, or it's not a question of how it's done. It's a question of why. And what do you say when you get that question of why? Why? is because sick and twisted people like you will watch. <laughs> I admit, I sickly, twistedly enjoyed your show very much. Excellent. I really appreciate that because as long as people enjoy it, as long as people shy away, as long as people scream or cheer, or as I absolutely enjoy it, as long as people will watch, I will keep on doing it. What about the people listening? The majority of us are not going to swallow a sword, yeah. not going to eat a light bulb, but what could we learn from what you're doing about the way to do a presentation of anything, a pitch, an idea, and anything from your showmanship? Write it down. Write it down before you do it. The script is a beautiful thing. I am theatrically trained. I actually went to college, believe it or not, I went to college. I went to college for theater and you know, learned how to create a character, memorize a script, and you know, learn my lines and and that's what I do, I've done for all my acts, whether it's sword swallowing, light bulb eating, fire eating, knife throwing. I have written down my script and rehearsed it myself to get myself confident in that. And that is the basic thing right there is like having the confidence to step up and, rem and just remember that like in a performance, like you could be just as scared as the people watching you in there, but this is your time to shine. And, but definitely write it down is some of the best advice I could give towards actual performance or basic presentation and public speaking. Cy performed as the Sword Swallower at Queen Mary's Dark Harbor for Halloween 2018. He also worked at the Escondido Pirate Renaissance Fair recently, and he's available to perform at weddings, festivals, parties, and a lot of other venues. In fact, his Facebook page says he'll perform just about anywhere time and space will permit and people would like a little circus with an element of danger. And you can contact him through his Facebook and Instagram accounts. You can follow me 
Hey, on Instagram or Facebook, just hashtag Sideshow Side. That's Sideshow spelled with a C-Y. And uh, I always post of what I am doing next. And finally, Side, if people can only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from your work? Whatever your parents told you not to do as a child, you can make money doing it as an adult. <laughs> that's, that's only half joking is because I'm living proof of that. But really, most importantly, do what you love. If you're doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's not a cliche saying. That is very true. If you enjoy what you're doing and you are ultimately happy and you're living a much more remarkable life than forcing yourself behind a desk, unless you really want to work in a cubicle, go for it. If you love doing it, please do it. That's the best advice I can give. Next to never stop learning and never stop training and expanding your own universe. Sai, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dai. It was an honor. You and I have been listening to professional circus performer Cyrus Penn, also known as Sideshow Sai. As Sai mentioned, you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram with the hashtag SideshowSci, spelling it C-Y-D-E-S-H-O-W. And he's available to perform his traditional sideshow acts at parties, weddings, festivals, and just about any other kind of special event. For more information, you can contact him through his Facebook page, hashtag SideshowSci, C-Y-D-E-S-H-O-W. Once again, that's hashtag SideshowSci. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to additional Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.